In years past, tattoos were for the punk-rocking, bike-riding, leather-loving rebels and misfits of society. Nowadays, however, it seems like everyone and their mum has at least some ink. Indeed, tattoos are so firmly part of mainstream Australia that at least one in five Australians now have at least one tattoo. And the statistics show that that number is increasing. But who has ownership of these tattoos? You would assume the person upon whose skin the tattoo resides. It's your skin. So are you free to do what you want to it and to show it in public, in photos, in videos or on TV? Or does somebody else own the rights to what is on your skin? Hello and welcome to Trial by Podcast, a monthly recording by solicitors at McCabe's Lawyers. My name is Amelia Cooper. I'm a solicitor in the Intellectual Property and Technology Group here at McCabe's, and I deal regularly with issues of copyright and the licensing of intellectual property. One such issue we've examined in our team gives rise to the topic of this episode's discussion. Intriguing ink, can someone else own the rights in your skin? In considering this, a few questions arise especially for those of you with tattoos, or those of you thinking of getting one. What are the legal and commercial implications of the prevalence of tattoos in popular culture today? And if you already have a tattoo, is it a true reflection of your liberty and autonomy? As you're about to discover, the answers around tattoo ownership are not as simple as you might think. Let's start by considering, as a base level, what is a tattoo, and how does copyright work? In theory, tattoos are art. And all original art is protected by a bundle of rights and protections that we call copyright. Ordinarily, copyright is automatically owned by the artist who creates an original piece of art. This means that the artist has the exclusive rights to control where and when the work is reproduced, when the work is presented publicly, and importantly, has the exclusive rights to profit from that work. Although it seems crazy to suggest that other people could have the right to profit from and control what you do with your own skin, Although it seems crazy to suggest that other people could have the right to profit from and control what you do with your own skin, a spate of recent cases in the United States certainly seems to suggest that tattoos are treated no differently from other artistic works, and that tattoo artists own and can enforce the copyright in their original works, even after they are permanently etched onto someone else's skin. This is a scary thought for those one in five Australians, as it means that having your photo taken, showing your tattoos, being in advertisements or films with your tattoos, or getting a tattoo similar to that of your mate could all infringe the rights of tattoo artists and expose you to disputes and litigation. Tattoo artists in the US certainly seem to agree that tattoos can be copyrighted, and that they are the owners of the rights in the tattoos that they create. A number of recent high-profile disputes between tattoo artists and various celebrities give us an insight into how such cases might progress in Australia. In 2011, S. Victor Whitmill, the tattoo artist who designed Mike Tyson's distinctive face tattoo, famously sued Warner Brothers, claiming an infringement of his copyright after his tattoo was reproduced in the blockbuster movie The Hangover 2. As many of us will know, Mike Tyson himself, face tattoo and all, appeared in the first Hangover movie, just as he did in many other films and documentaries. So why did Whitmill suddenly take issue with the use of his famous Tyson tattoo in The Hangover 2? Well, in The Hangover 2, the long-suffering character Stu Price, played by Ed Helms, wakes up with a tattoo very similar to Tyson's tattoo. It is this additional copying that caused Whitmill to file not only for damages, but also for an account of Warner Brothers' profits and for an injunction to stop the film from being released. Although the court didn't grant the injunction, and the final relief came in the form of an out-of-court settlement, the court nevertheless commented that tattoos can be copyrighted in theory, 
and that there was no evidence to suggest that Warner Brothers had any license for the kind of use to which they put Whitmill's design. In another high-profile case, video game developer THQ was sued by tattoo artist Christopher Escobedo because mixed martial arts fighter Carlos Condit's tattoo, which Escobedo designed, was reproduced in the digital version of Condit in the video game UFC Undisputed. Unfortunately, Escobedo's claim was in the context of bankruptcy proceedings, so the court was tasked with valuing any potential claim rather than deciding the substantive issue of whether the claim was valid. Even though THQ didn't end up being liable for copyright infringement, Carlos Condit's digital avatar was dropped from future versions of the UFC Undisputed games, highlighting just how seriously these claims are being taken by industry players. These are just a couple of examples of recent disputes of this nature, all of which have seemed to end with tattoo artists getting a payout. And although there have been indications by the courts that tattoos are copyrightable, there hasn't been any final ruling which definitively states that tattoo artists own copyright in their tattoos, and which awards damages to the tattoo artists for infringement of that copyright. It is certainly possible that tattoo artists retain the rights in the tattoos they create, and can enforce those rights, especially if you're as famous as Mike Tyson. But before you go ringing all the tattoo removal studios in your neighbourhood, you need to answer a few crucial questions to decide whether, in Australia at least, the situation really is that simple, and that scary, or whether there are some legal loopholes that can SOS, aka save our skin. For us, the first and most fundamental question to ask is whether copyright does actually exist in tattoos under Australian law. In order to be copyrightable, a work needs to be sufficiently original. This means that a simple and generic tattoo, like butterflies, anchors, or the classic I Heart Mum, probably won't give rise to any copyright issues. However, many tattoo designs nowadays are complex and often bespoke designs, which certainly do meet the originality threshold. Next, a work must be reduced to some material form. This would be satisfied by etching the tattoo onto somebody's skin. Finally, a work needs to fit into a category of copyrightable works. The Copyright Act sets out a collection of things that can be copyrighted, the most useful of which, for our purposes, is artistic work. An artistic work can be a painting, a sculpture, drawing, or an engraving. There is some debate about this point. Does a tattoo count as a painting, a drawing, or perhaps even an engraving? Does the fact that the human skin is the canvas upon which the artistic work is inscribed make a difference? Although these issues have never been settled by Australian courts, the 1983 English Court of Appeal decision in Merchandising Corporation of America and Harbond held that face paint, specifically Adamant's famous stage makeup, could not be classified as a painting, as paint on a face is paint without a surface. The fact that the face paint is not permanent featured prominently in this decision. Perhaps, therefore, skin can be a canvas for a painting or a drawing, provided it's permanently marked. Although not a settled legal issue in Australia, there doesn't seem to be any reason why tattoos shouldn't be capable of being protected by copyright, whether as a drawing, painting, or engraving, especially if the tattoo is designed onto paper first, before being inked onto the skin. The next question, therefore, is, who owns the copyright in a tattoo? The next question, therefore, is, who owns the copyright in a tattoo? As discussed earlier, the basic legal position is that the creator of a work owns the copyright to that work. This means that, assuming your tattoo artist designed the tattoo, they would ordinarily own the rights in the design. However, there are a number of ways in which the situation can be reversed. 
First of all, if you engage your tattoo artist to create a design that the tattoo artist knew you were going to use as a tattoo, and you paid the tattoo artist for that purpose, it's likely that you've commissioned the work. The legal position for commissioned works is the reverse of the basic position above. That is, the commissioner owns the copyright, not the creator of the commissioned work. This isn't quite the end of the story, however, as the reversal of ownership of copyright in commissioned works only extends to the use for which the work was commissioned. This means, for example, that if you get a tattoo and you don't tell your tattoo artist about your budding career as a brand spokesperson, you're unlikely to be allowed to use your tattoos in any advertising or commercial promotion. Another way through which you might insure your ink is through licensing. Licenses can be expressed or implied and allow you to do any range of things with other people's copyrighted material, provided they've licensed you to do so. Express licenses are the safest way to go in this regard. Getting your tattoo artist to sign a written license allowing you to use, display, copy and profit from your tattoo in whatever way you see fit is a fairly foolproof way of avoiding any nasty legal surprises down the track. But even if you don't have an express license, it is likely that you will have an implied license to use the tattoo for the purposes for which it was commissioned. This implied license will extend to all the uses for which the tattoo could reasonably have been contemplated to be put at the time that it was commissioned. This means that any incidental reproductions of your tattoo, like those embarrassing selfies you were tagged in on Sunday morning, probably won't infringe copyright. The risk here is that precisely what uses are reasonably contemplated will depend on the circumstances. If you're Mike Tyson, it might be reasonable to expect that your tattoo will appear in a blockbuster film about the dangers of alcohol abuse, but not reasonable to expect that a money-spinning sequel of that blockbuster film will copy your tattoo onto the face of a dentally challenged anti-hero. Ultimately, the safest and most simple method of avoiding a dispute with your tattoo artist is to ask them to assign all copyright to you upon completion of the work. Having a written document evidencing your ownership of your ink will allow you to rest easy no matter how many MMA video games, cheesy movies or advertising campaigns you want to appear in. However, you'll also need to consider the concept of moral rights. Moral rights are a distinct set of rights which run parallel to copyright and grant the artist the right to be attributed as the creator of the work the right to prevent somebody else from being falsely attributed as the creator of the work, and the right not to have the work subjected to derogatory treatment. Unlike copyright, moral rights stay with the creator of a work and cannot be assigned. The right of attribution is a fairly simple one. If, for example, a tattoo wearer is photographed for an advertising campaign in which their tattoo is prominently featured, the artist has a right to be credited for designing the tattoo even if the artist no longer owns the copyright in the tattoo. The moral right against derogatory treatment is a little bit trickier. Artists technically have a right to prevent the treatment of their work in any way which may harm their honour or their reputation. Essentially, the character or personality of the work is protected by this right. The right against derogatory treatment is potentially problematic in the tattoo context, as it theoretically allows artists to prevent tattoo wearers from adding extra elements to their existing tattoos, or to prevent tattoo wearers from appearing publicly in association with the cause that the tattoo artist considers derogatory. Unfortunately, this issue hasn't yet been considered by the courts in Australia, or even overseas. Given the potential impact that moral rights may have on tattoo owners and artists alike, us legal types await any commentary with bated breath. Luckily, owners of moral rights can grant consent for a work to be used in certain ways, much like licensing of copyright. So if you're looking to change your tattoos or use them in any random ways, it's prudent to contact your tattoo artist first and try to get their written consent. So where does this leave us? 
it would appear that tattoos can be, and often are, subject to copyright. That copyright may be owned by the commissioner of the tattoo or by the artist themselves. Even if the tattoo artist owns the copyright, it's likely that the person getting inked gets the benefit of an implied license to use the tattoo and display their tattoos in all the ways that might be contemplated when the tattoo is done. These implied licenses mean that the average person looking for some ink probably doesn't have to worry about being sued for showing off their tats in public or for being photographed or videoed in everyday life. If you're planning on making money from your tattoos or displaying them prominently as part of a public and commercial display, then your safest bet is to negotiate an express license or better yet, just get a complete assignment of all copyright in your tattoos. As for whether your tattoo artist can enforce their moral rights of attribution or non-derogatory treatment, the picture isn't all that clear in Australia. Once again, get consent in writing from your tattoo artist if you plan on crossing any moral lines. And that's all we have time for today. Thank you again for listening to this episode of Trial by Podcast, a show hosted by McCabe's lawyers, examining the weird and wonderful world of law and some of the more fascinating issues that affect our lives and those around us. In our next episode, we're going to do something different. Instead of just one host, we're going to have three. Joining us for the podcast for a panel discussion will be Senior Associate Kien, Associate Ash, as well as our graduate Paulina, who will be discussing litigation scenarios through the lens of popular TV shows like Suits and how those scenarios would play out under Australian law. It's going to be great, so ensure you come back and listen. And if you haven't done so already, I recommend that you listen to our first and second episodes of this show, which consider the fascinating questions of who has possession over your dead body, or parts of it, upon your death, and whether your beloved pet can be the beneficiary of a testamentary trust. Please review us on iTunes, via the podcast app on your phone, or whatever other platform you use to subscribe to podcasts, as it will help other law students and lawyers find and enjoy the show, just as you have hopefully enjoyed the show. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next month.